0: You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com.
1: We are talking about the NFL playoffs right now on the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1.
0: Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. This feels appropriate, this music at five. Get a little groove going. Five o'clock on a Tuesday. uh, If I would have gone back, if I could go back, beginning of the year, and said Kansas City is going to be in the AFC Championship game, I think many of you would say that's plausible. Maybe even likely. Now, if I said they would be underdogs to Kansas
1: City, I think that would have changed. I mean, really? Interesting. Cincinnati. What'd I say? You said Kansas City would be underdogs to Kansas City.
0: Ah, that's a match I'd like to see. That sounds evenly matched. Kansas City against Kansas City. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is already playing on one leg. I mean, one Kansas City gets right leg, one gets the left. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I said they were going to be underdogs to Cincinnati. Some of you might might go, mm, that's a little bit more surprising. One and a half, two points. How do we get here? Here's Joe Fortenbaugh on Joe and Amber.
1: Right after Cincinnati beat Buffalo, one of the sharpest books here in town, released the AFC Championship line, and they had the Chiefs as a three-point favorite. That line lasted three minutes, maybe? before this specific book was inundated with sharp action on the Bengals. It moved from three all the way to Cincinnati minus one and a half. Cincinnati is now your favorite. That is a four and a half point move. Three is the most important number in football betting because more games end on a differential of three than any other differential. It's somewhere around 15%. So to move not only off of three, but all the way to the other side with Cincinnati as a favorite, that is a major indicator of what the smart guys who do this for a living think of Cincinnati's chances, and more importantly, of Patrick Mahomes' ankle. Here's the thing. One and a half, two points?
0: I think it's a compliment to the Chiefs. Think of all the things that say that the Bengals should be favored by more. The starting quarterback, who is mobile, is known for uh, off-schedule plays, keeping plays alive, has a high ankle sprain. The Bengals have beaten the Chiefs the last three times they've played, which, by the way, in a weird scheduling quirk, all took place in 2022. They played a team not in their division three times in one calendar year. I just think that's fact. They played in week 17 of last season, which was the 2nd of January, and the Bengals won 34-31. Then they played in the AFC Championship game a few weeks later, still in uh, January, 27-24 in overtime, victory for the Bengals. Then, just a couple weeks ago, they played in week 13 of this year, again, all in 2022, 27-24. Now, if the best indicator of future results are past results, and we've seen three games between these two teams in the last calendar year alone— and they all were three-point victories by Kansas or sorry by Cincinnati over Kansas City i think it could stand to be reasoned that this next one should be a three-point win by Cincinnati over Kansas City and then you could say well actually in the last couple patrick mahomes could walk without limping so maybe it should be a little bit more and then you look at it and you say well what are they doing recently well the bengals just dismantled the bills who are one of the betting favorites to win the Super Bowl, made them look like they didn't know what they were doing, had their wide receiver yelling at their quarterback, and they couldn't run the ball. The Chiefs beat the Jags by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin. They needed a Chad Henney 98-yard touchdown drive to be the difference. You might say it's a sign of respect that the Chiefs are only one-and-a-half or two-point underdogs and not more. That's interesting. And do you know what else it tells me? It tells me the team, ready for this? This We're going to get philosophical, right? It's five o'clock. It's time to get a little weird. It's time to open your brain, expand to new thoughts. It It tells me that whichever team has the best football players playing football, when they take the field this weekend, we'll win the game. I think a lot of what what a team like Kansas City has at their disposal traditionally, right? Once you go to five straight AFC Championship games, once you go into every single game with like a default five and a half six point sports book edge, is the intimidation. Right, it's like ooh, you're playing the Chiefs. Ooh, you're playing the Patriots a couple years ago. Ooh, you're playing the 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 Steelers or the the Colts with Peyton Manning. Or ooh, not going to be that. Right, you're you're not going to get an a, a, an advantage of the other team being nervous that you're sharing the field with them. You're actually going to have to go out and beat them at football. The Bengals aren't scared of the Chiefs in part because the Bengals aren't scared of anyone but also because why the heck would you be scared of a team that you've beaten three times in 2022 alone and you're favored over at the sports books? And and I would say the vice versa is true as well, right? Chiefs aren't going to be afraid of anybody because they're not afraid of anybody. Especially if Patrick Mahomes is able to hobble out onto the field. They'll go, you know what? I don't care if Patrick Mahomes is 15%. 15% of Patrick Mahomes is just about as good as everybody else right when two teams are are recklessly confident the way these two are and it's not unfounded that to me is like the truest test of of just pure football right and and I like I'm joking about expanding your brain and all those sorts of things but but it it does kind of feel that way right it's it's normally and and you know especially when it comes to gambling and things I like being what I call a narrative better I like looking for motivations. I like looking for who's shaken, right? Who's extra motivated to win this game? Who's going to be a little nervous, playing a little tight, back muscles clenched? Who who, and where can we look into the mind of an athlete? I don't think there's any kind of that stuff going on in this game. Who's nervous? Joe Burrow? Ha, huh. yeah, no. Patrick Mahomes? No, he. I mean, it takes a lot more to get his blood pressure rising than an AFC championship game. He's been here a ton. You think Travis Kelsey is going into this one, like, I don't know how I'm gonna take on the Bengals defense. And and the same is true the other way. And even if a team gets down, they're like, Yeah, our quarterback kind of he leads comebacks from these situations. There's no reason to panic. This is just going to come down to who plays the best football when they match up on the field. And that's kind of exciting. Right, like like ironically, the Bengals Bills game, it did feel like pretty early on we went, "Oh, the Bills didn't show up." This is they're there, they get tied in big games and they don't win in the play- playoffs. We that's kind of their thing and now we're seeing it again. I'm very confident that neither of these teams are going to do that. We're not going to be sitting there, uh, it might be, you know, hey, they can't do it with Patrick Mahomes injury. That would be the only thing that might make this a clunker halfway through the first quarter. But other than that, it's it's like no, I, st- I think they're going to be okay. And matter of fact, even even if they do get down like 14-0, I'm still going, Mahomes might pull this off. I might live bet the, the Chiefs as they're down 14-0 with a quarterback on one leg. When it was 14-0 after the first two drives for the Bengals over the weekend against the Bills, might as well have been 37-0. That's not going to happen. At least I don't think it's going to happen. I've said very definitive statements now, which is always dangerous into a microphone, but that's okay. Them's be the breaks. Sometimes you got to take the chance. Tim Donnelly show ESPN radio 94.1. How crazy is that? Three times same calendar year. Bengals beat the chiefs by three. If good things come in threes and bad things come in threes, does that mean the run is over in 2023? Anybody out there in numerology? numberology? Is that a thing? No, it's not a thing. I'm not sure. I'm getting some, some no head shaking from the producer's room. Uh, Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, please, at ESPN Radio 941. You can also text into the show at 757-687-9494. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, Tom Brady does not know what he's going to do this offseason, and he does not want you to keep asking, and he's getting frustrated. Sounds a bit like a curmudgeon old man, doesn't he? Stick around.
1: Whether you have arguments or complaints, insults or agreements. I'd like to have an argument, please. Follow at Donnelly Sports on Twitter. He'll be waiting. The Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1.
0: Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. Uh, we may get back to Tom Brady, but a little bit of information came across my computer screen during that commercial break in the Information I'd like to pass to you. The Broncos, according to FS1 and The Herd, uh, that's Colin Cowherd, the Broncos have made a decision that they want to hire Saints coach Sean Payton if he's interested. Again, per FS1. Russell Wilson also told ownership that he wants Sean Payton as coach. That's coming according to Colin Cowherd. Dove Kleiman, who covers the NFL, tweeted out, uh, Cowherd has a strong connection with Sean Payton and says it's now up to Payton. First of all, Russell Wilson's getting everything he wants. If this all, If this puzzle piece all comes together and he's going to ownership and saying, that's who I want, and then they go get that coach, that's the exact reason he left Seattle. The exact reason he's dealing with K.J. Hamler instead of Tyler Lockett, Jerry Judy instead of D.K. Metcalf, and and eventually one day Javante Williams instead of Kenneth Walker is because he wanted a seat at the table. He wanted to be on par with all the decision makers in in a facility, and if he says, I want Sean Payton, and it is not an easy task to go get Sean Payton, if they do that, the Broncos have given Russell Wilson everything he wants, which... I would not do, but secondly, there's really no excuse now. If you handpick your coach, you directed your trade to a franchise, you get there and play poorly for a year and then handpick your coach, that second year you better play much, 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 like a whole bunch of just copy paste much, 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 much over and over and over again, better. Secondly, There is an element here that's not discussed, right? And that is the Saints' point of view in this. Because as soon as the Broncos say, we want Sean Payton, and Russell says, I told them I want Sean Payton, and Sean Payton says, I want to go to the Broncos, if I'm the Saints, I say, I want to raise my price. Oh, you heard two first-round picks would get the job done? Yesterday's price ain't today's price. Two picks in two seconds. And eight million dollars. That's what John Gruden took. Uh that's what the Raiders took from the Bucks to get John Gruden. And that was 20 some years ago. So the price has gone up.
1: Mr. Unlimited.
0: Yeah, you what if that was it? What if it was because uh there are rumors, and these are rumors, so I don't I can't corroborate these. That you know how uh quarterbacks always give gifts to teammates and stuff like that? That Russell just throws the freebies left and right. Right? He does like a commercial, gets freebies, and just, hey, you're welcome. Uh, which, again, it's it, it's a funny joke, even if it's not true. Uh, what if it's like Sean Payton gets, the Saints get in return for Sean Payton, two first-round picks, a little bit of cash, and freebies. A swag bag of things that Russell Wilson endorses. Um, I, Here's the problem I have with this. The Broncos didn't exactly learn, meaning they traded away multiple first-round picks as part of the package to get Russell Wilson, and almost immediately, they regret giving up those first-round picks because one of them, it's the fifth or sixth pick overall is what Seattle gets now. I think, is it the fifth? Am I getting the fifth? I think it's the fifth, yes. So Seattle has what should be the Broncos' fifth overall pick. Because the Broncos didn't think they'd be that bad because all they needed was a quarterback to be great. Well, guess what? They got their quarterback and they weren't great and they that fifth-round pick goes to Seattle. Now, they go, you know what? All we need to be great is a coach. So let's give two first-round picks, or at least, I mean, I can't imagine it being less than a first-round pick. Let's give a first-round pick to the Saints in exchange for our coach, because all we need is a coach to be good. What are the chances they've just given the Saints a top five pick? You might say low, but what would you have said last year? Probably low, and it's exactly what happened. They have not learned. Unless you are stone-cold lead pipe locked into being a playoff team, trading away a first-round pick is kind of ridiculous. Kind of Ridiculous. Yet teams make that mistake over and over and over because they're influenced by players. And, and if I'm Russell Wilson, I get it, right? I get it. Russell needs to be better like now. His legacy can't take another 2022 season. So he's looking at a quick fix. He wants somebody to come in and scheme him up like Drew Brees was schemed up for years and years and years. But if you're the Broncos, you kind of have to think about your franchise as a whole. And I'm kind of saying with that fifth overall pick, just imagine what you could have been able to do.
1: Do you think that the Saints would want a, a first round pick for in, in in a couple of years? Because that's what it would be. I mean, they gave the this well, they, year and last year's to Seattle, so it would have to be a a later year, you know, two three well, years. Okay, away. actually,
0: they do have the Dolphins pick, but you're right. If they stink, that Dolphins pick wouldn't raise and, and right and wouldn't become a top five pick. So. I guess it would have to be either the Dolphins pick, which then they'd be suddenly the biggest Tua Bailoa fans in the world because you don't want the Dolphins to stink and have that be a top half of the first round pick. Or I guess it could be a 2025? 2024? 2024. Calendars confuse me. Uh, 2024 pick, which, goodness, then you have an even older Russell Wilson trying to lead the way. I like that even less. My my point is like when when a, when you learn a lesson the hard way heed the lesson right you you don't see the the uh what was it the Brooklyn Nets giving up huge amounts of future first round pick swaps for aging all-stars anymore do you or that's exactly what they did they didn't learn it at all they did it for hard my point is you feel I can feel bad for you if you make a bad decision Right, you, you you did all your research. You thought you had things the right way. You looked at your roster. You said, "I like Jerry, Judy. I like uh uh, uh who, the wide receiver that was coming off the ACL, that I'm, Cortland Sutton. You like Cortland Sutton. You like Javante Williams. You had some things that you drafted Dulcich, right? You you had some players. All we need is the quarterback. You thought you dotted your eyes and crossed your T's, and then it didn't work out. Tough. I can feel bad for you. I can look at you and say that's a tough break." But then if you sign up for a very similar situation the very next year and it goes poorly for you, I'm not only going to not feel bad for you, I'm kind of going to laugh at you. I'm going to say, "Well, what did you think was going to happen?" Right? You're 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 trading away a lot for what you appear to be, what you appear to think is the final piece to the puzzle. I'm looking at your team going like, "You can't, you don't even have the edges of the puzzle built. You have a lot of work to do here." Your defense was very, very good. Your offense is not by any stretch one play caller away. At least it didn't appear to be. I think your offensive line could use some help. And I don't think a coach solves everything that was going on with Russell really easily. I think he, there's like, it takes a village. You need to bring in a lot. And the Saints are going to be asking for a lot because now they know how desperate you are. Everything that was said to to Colin Coward feels like it should have been kept in-house. And if I'm Sean Payton, I wanted all that kept in-house. Because it's it's an ego trip. And and we've talked about this, and, and this'll be be a a very play that uh, fits for any trade. Coaches that are being traded, players that are being traded. Your ego wants you to be traded for a ton, right? Your ego says I'm worth six first-round picks. They should have to give up everything that's not bolted down in order to get my privileges, the the, the right, the privilege of having me on their sideline. But your logical brain should be the opposite, right? Your logical brain should be saying, actually, I should make myself seem so not valuable that I can be traded for for a third-round pick because then the team that I'm going to will have all those resources to make my life easier and make the team that I'm coaching better. So Sean Payton should have been saying, nobody wants me. I know I'm I'm going to interview and they just, they're mean. It's weird. I don't know why I walk in, they go, we don't want you and send me home. If I were you, New Orleans, I would take whatever anyone's going to offer. I mean, Denver seems like they might, but probably not. Maybe you could talk them into giving up a fourth-round pick for me. Instead, the Broncos want me. Their quarterback wants me. I want to go there. Everyone in Denver loves me. There's no way they're not going to let this deal happen. Uh, Go negotiate with the Saints now. Good luck.
1: What if there's like, all right, Russell's included in the deal. Russ, you're going to the Saints. Can you trade players for coaches? I, I don't think it's ever been done, but I'm here for it. Because I mean, think about that. Think if Russell goes to the Saints, then someone I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of free agent or a lot of possible quarterbacks that are going to be looking for new teams this offseason. Right now, Denver becomes a a very, you know, attractive place. Interesting. I don't again, I
0: don't even know if that's allowed, but maybe you don't maybe you don't even want the quarterback. What else is what else does Denver have to offer? I'll take a first round pick and What is it, Patrick Sertan? Now we're talking. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio, 94.1. Let's get to Tom Brady getting frustrated on his very own podcast. Coming up next. Your life
1: is busy. We know you can't keep track of everything in the sports world. We promise to only bring you the important stuff. The Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio, 94.1.
0: It's the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. Call and text lines open 757-687-9494. If you know me, you know I love a good movie reference. Scott on the Eastern Shore just texted in. Saints should ask Denver to throw in David Putney. That is a made-up player from the movie Draft Day. I want all my picks back in David Putney. My picks back. All of them. Kevin Costner sports movie, Draft Day. I, I I love Draft Day. I think it's a very good movie. It might be like seventh on his list of just Kevin Costner by himself sports movies. All right, I'm I'm, I'm all the self control I have is keeping me from going down Kevin Costner sports movie power rankings because I'm I'm a big Costner sports movie guy, but I'm I'm not going to do it. Although. There aren't many sports movies that Costner can play. Now he's kind of aged out of most athletes, right? It feel like he's pretty. He's got to be like the GM or the coach or something. Brady plays a couple more years. Costner's going to slide right in. Is I'm going to play the I'm gonna play the last years of Brady with with in the NFL. I'm going to leave Yellowstone and go play Brady in Tampa Bay. Tim Donnelly show ESPN radio, 94.1. And actually, you know, Costner, some of his characters, kind of the old angry little curmudgeon old man, uh, Brady, it happens to everyone. He's just the first to do it while he's still in the NFL. Most retire as, as before they get to that stage in life from the NFL, uh, Brady's keeping it going. And he, he's also, as so many do those, those player led podcasts. He has one let's go podcast. Jim Gray is his co-host in uh, Jim Gray asked a question that got under Tom Brady's skin.
1: Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you've said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim,
0: if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already done it, okay? I'm taking it a day at a time.
1: I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's only I'm the question that everybody wants to hear. You're <laughs> scratchy. I appreciate your asking. Thank you.
0: At the end, that was he realized, oh, I'm being kind of a jerk, aren't I? Appreciate you asking. That's real frustration. That's what I got. That's real frustration. That's everybody in his life is asking the same question, and he just wants everybody to stop. First of all, the question wasn't, do you know what you're doing? It's do you have a timeline on figuring out what you're doing? So he could have said, I'm going to know by next season. That would have answered the question technically. Uh, but also I, I, one of the, right, obviously Brady gets praised a ton, right? I'm not going to be the first to sit here and call him the goat. I'm not going to, you know, go into how his ability to stay healthy is, is prodigious. I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to point out something that like, it's a superpower he has that might not be talked about enough. And it might be that he can, he can choose to be a hundred percent all in. What I mean by that is most guys, most athletes, when, when they're doing the debate on if I should come back, it's already over, right? If, if you can realistically say, well, you know, I might not play, it's like you're already not committed enough. I already know you're not going to be all in, and you probably have one foot out the door, and you should walk through it. Brady can decide, like, you know what? I would like to keep playing and then artificially force himself to be 100% all in and go full dedication mode like nobody can do that when you are playing a professional sport it is borderline 100% of your life right like unfortunately if there's a wedding in the fall and you play in the NFL sorry cousin I don't get to go. And if you're 51%, then 49% of you is really angry. You'd like to be hanging out with your cousins, you know, singing shout. But Tom Brady can go from 51 to 100 almost by choice. It's like, uh, <laughs> I didn't go to law school. Let's get that out of the way, just as a side note. But uh, That's okay. Thank you. Like criminal charges have to be beyond a reasonable doubt. Civil charges, pretty much more likely than not, Right. That's that's kind of how it goes. Uh, and again, I didn't go to law school. That might not be word specific to the law, but come with me on this one. Most athletes, if they are going to come back and have any kind of success, they need to want to play beyond reasonable doubt. There has to be 100% all in. Every fiber of my being wants to do everything I possibly can to win a Super Bowl, win a championship. Tom Brady just has to be like more likely than not, and then he can make himself be that committed. He does, although I'll say this, this will be the, the only, it's not even a negative, word of caution. He does have to be more cognizant of the timeline, timeline now than he did five years ago, because that's what Jim Gray was asking. He wasn't saying, so are you coming back? He said, when are you going to decide? I do think Brady needs to be more aware of teams' timelines out there. If he's the Tom Brady of five years ago... He could decide a week before the season, name his team, and just about all of them are going to go, Who's our starter? You are with that guy. Get him out of here. Nah, he's, he's, he's not good enough to do that now. Still good enough to be an NFL starting quarterback. This past season, everyone's like, Oh, it's his worst ever. Yeah, but eh. still pretty darn good, right? He's still like the 13th best quarterback in the world. That's unreal. Bad for Brady unreal for humans so he's good he's just not good enough to cater to anymore so it's kind of like when we put, when we give you a deadline you actually have to live up to it now right if he's a musician who went in his prime he could say the concert starts at nine show up at at 1 a.m and everyone would still be sitting in their seats like wow we were waiting but now yeah And then there's a point where it's like, well, you're not that famous anymore. If you say the concert's at 9, if you're not there at 10, most people are going out to eat. And they're tweeting like, how ridiculous is this? I waited 47 minutes before walking out of the Tom Brady concert. So just show up on time and you'll be fine. Now, what is on time? Probably around the Super Bowl. Let us know what your intentions are. Around the Super Bowl. That way everyone else can plan and they can get you what you need to be successful. Around the Super Bowl. Still got a couple weeks. Now I would say this, if you're going to be upset about people asking until you make your decision, I would stay away from anyone that has any kind of journalistic background because there's really only one question people want to know. What did he think? Jim Gray was going to say, what do you, well, uh, do do you think Bryce Young's size will be a factor in the upcoming draft? Nobody cares about that right now. Not from Tom Brady. Tom Brady would say he needs to be pliable. As long, as long as he can stretch very well and he and he does these particular exercises found in my book, TB12, The Method of Excellence, or whatever it is, he'll be just fine. That's not what we want to know. Are you playing or are you not, Tom? Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. Get your texts in now to the Pitbull Tobacco One More text line, 757-687-9494. Does that do anything for you? Coming up next.
1: All show, you've been texting the Pitbull Tobacco and more text line at 757-687-9494. Now it's time to read those texts and ask, does that do anything for you? On the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio
0: 94.1. Hold up. Before we get to does that do anything for you, just want to give you the full story. I I knew it. I smelled something fishy. Uh, Earlier today, we talked about reports from uh, FS1, uh, Colin Cowherd show the herd uh, talking about the Broncos having decided that they're going with Sean Payton. Russell Wilson told ownership. He wanted Sean Payton and all of it was now up to Sean Payton. Benjamin Albright who uh, let's get his attribution. Correct is a reporter uh, for Broncos insider or any Broncos insider uh, at KOA Colorado, which is the Broncos flagship station Uh He retweeted the report and said, per source, both of these claims are, and then in quotes, completely false. So maybe there's some jockeying going on, some information, some insider battle, but just want to give you both sides of that. Uh, Benjamin Albright saying completely false. Robbie, take it away.
1: From the 757, talked a lot about Lamar Jackson, got the listeners' opinions and reactions to the low ball offer from the seven, five, seven. I believe that Lamar Jackson's offer is fair because mobile quarterbacks have a lifespan that is significantly shorter than a pocket passer. Okay. Let's go see it. What, uh, what other
0: mobile, like, Oh, Kyler Murray. That That's a good example, right? It's, it's a comp like you like, you know, this house down the street just sold for this amount. So a, a often injured mobile quarterback, 189 plus million dollars guaranteed so i'm sure the ravens would offer a similar no they offered 133 million guaranteed so the market says otherwise your individual i'm not saying like you can't think that right your individual opinion might be you don't give a mobile quarterback that much money that's fine trade him Give him to, Send him to someone that will give him all of that money because he would be foolish to agree to less. And, and don't
1: ask him to be foolish. From Larry in Hampton, he believes that Lamar's days in Baltimore are numbered, but he also believes that the contract negotiations are where they are because Jackson doesn't have an agent. Maybe, but isn't that kind of messy? Right, I said
0: earlier that you should you should want to be a partner with your your franchise quarterback, but also like if you're the Ravens, you're just saying, "Oh, we need to go with the back and forth negotiation a bunch more to get to the other $50 million that that the market says or 30 that we could offer." Like I'm I'm not here for the dramatics. Like if I'm a player, I go in and I go, "Listen. We could do this thing where you say 10 million i say 12 you say uh 10.2 i say 11.7 you say and we're gonna end at 11 right how about you just say the most you can give me and i'll tell you the lowest i'll accept and hopefully it's somewhere in the same vicinity because if not you go that way i'll go this way never the two shall we meet again
1: from the from Paul in Gloucester, the Ravens may believe that Lamar's best days are behind him, so they're intentionally lowballing him because they don't see as much value as as he may see in himself. That's great. You know what you should do if you have an asset, like even if you look at
0: players as assets, which is weird to say out loud because they're humans. But when like a, a salary cap asset, yeah, the first thing you should do is lower the value, and then maybe you'll try to trade him. Right? If you don't want him, trade him. That I'm not saying that they have to sign him to the, the world's longest contract. I'm saying offering him an insultingly low contract does nothing, right? You're, you're guaranteeing that he can't accept it. And it, you're just going to kick the can down the road and it's going to hang over the franchise and Lamar for a while.
1: From the seven, five, seven, Chris in Virginia beach wants to know Tim. Hey, what would Jerry Jones pay for Lamar Jackson? If he wanted him, um, are we getting out from the Dak contract? Yes, in this
0: situation we are. If in this situation, if okay, so if Dak's not on the books, I'd say you'd give him whatever you're giving Dak. Dak had one of the the more player friendly, impressive deals of all time. Um, so, I think Lamar would do do nicely if he were negotiating with Jerry Jones. Unco- unfortunately, for a lot of people. Dak's locked in for next year and maybe the next year, depending on how much of that salary cap hit they'd be willing to swallow.
1: Tim from the 757, how uh, how close to the regular season do we see a decision from Aaron Rodgers and from Tom Brady?
0: Uh predicting those predicting Aaron Rodgers is darn near impossible. Predicting Tom Brady is becoming more and more impossible. I would say we should know before free agency for both of them. I mean, I think that's the only. Gosh, I hope so. If they hold those franchises hostage for longer, or, or even Tom—I mean, Tom Brady, I guess—isn't holding a franchise hostage. But if they—if they don't make their opinions known, then they're just being a little dramatic. Which I guess they've earned the right to do. Uh, today's top shot. A lot of options here. Today's top shot. You know, let's go ahead and give it to the cincinnati bengals for being a betting favorite over the kansas city chiefs if you want to be a top shot check out freedom shooting center the premier shooting range and gun store in hampton roads uh thank you to robbie for keeping us up and running thank you to jason fitz who joined the show earlier uh thank you to everybody that called and texted in uh tomorrow on wednesday is going to uh gonna be a lot of questions so keep those those dialing fingers texting fingers ready uh, and most importantly, thank you to Larry King Law. If you're ever injured in an accident, give him a call 757 INJURED. That's 757 INJURED. 757 at 6 coming up next. Stick around for that. Until tomorrow for the Tim Donnelly Show. Have a great night.